0: Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Dutch history. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, this episode contains graphic violence, references to alcoholism, and some frightening images.
1: Ship's log, the Flying Dutchman. Arrangement 84 guns. Crew 192 souls. October 20th, 1641. Favorable winds holding a south southeast course, dropping anchor at 6 bells to exchange cargo with the escort ship Daventer. Seas calm. Likely the last we'll see before the Cape of Good Hope. October 21st, 1641, seven o'clock. We're nearing the Cape, winds blowing fresh, waves rough. Sailing master advises Captain Vanderdecken against holding course. Winds blowing hard, captain remains resolute. First man overboard at six bells, Jan Navies, able sailor. Visibility poor, lost sight of escort. Topmen say they can still hear the Daventer's crew on the wind. Maintaining log increasingly difficult. Eight bells, midnight. Bilge pumps cannot manage the water we're taking on. All available hands have gone below with buckets and prayers. Four bells. Morning. I do not remember having slept. Every step, seawater sloshes in my boots. One of the topmen fell to the deck an hour ago, dead instantly. Body and brains washed away by the storm. No time for mourning. Captain stands at the helm, undeterred by the weather. Saw Jan Navis on deck today. Man drowned hours ago, but there he stood, fastening his lifeline. Lack of sleep must be affecting my wits. New entry. Date unknown. Unable to see sun nor moon. Bells have stopped ringing. We saw a light on the horizon, three points off the larboard bow. We beat hard against the waves toward her, only for her to vanish before our eyes. If she was a rescue ship, she too has floundered. Another light sighted, another light vanished, as quickly as the hope they brought with them. No choice but to sail on. The storm will break soon. Captain Vanderdecken knows this ship. He knows her limits he will sail the Dutchman through the gates of hell before he lets her sink.
0: Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. In today's episode, I bring you a chilling tale of the high seas, a story of deadly weather, murderous sailors, and a ghostly ship bearing down on them all. Perhaps you've heard of the Flying Dutchman. It is one of the most famous nautical ghost stories, that of a spectral ship whose appearance is a dark omen. Little is known about her origin. Even her true name is lost to time. They call her the Flying Dutchman because that's what she is. A Dutch man-of-war appearing to float over the waves, gliding through storms that would sink any vessel built by a mortal man. If you see her, you'd better change course or prepare for a watery grave. Coming up, a ship sets sail for troubled waters.
1: See you, beneath yon cloud so dark, fast gliding along a gloomy bark. Her sails are full, though the wind is still, and there blows not a breath her sails to fill. Oh, what doth that vessel of darkness bear? The silent calm of death is there, save now and again a death knell rung, and the flap of the sails with night fog hung. There lieth a wreck on the dismal shore of cold and pitiless Labrador, where under the moon upon mounts of frost many a mariner's bones are tossed.
0: That is an excerpt from the 19th century poem The Flying Dutchman by Thomas More, Moore's notes indicate this was written while passing Dead Man's Island in the North Atlantic. His poem is an outlier. Most accounts place the Dutchman off the tip of South Africa, a place once known as the Cape of Storms. Now called the Cape of Good Hope, there are few parts of the globe as rich with ghost ship lore. Tales of ghost ships are as old as time, with roots in the fraught voyages of Odysseus and Theseus. But the Flying Dutchman is a myth of a more modern sort. Its origin likely lies in the 17th century, a time when the Dutch East India Company, the VOC for short, ruled the waves. The life of a sailor on board an East India ship was a harrowing one. It's hard to say which was worse, the spirits that lurked on the water or the cruelty of their fellows on board.
2: If you've ever visited a seaside tavern, you've met a washed-up sailor like me. Someone who'll happily tell you the tale of high seas adventure for a glass of double rum. He'll say he was a captain, feared and respected by all. But take it from me. Most were lowly sea dogs. Top men are caulkers. There's no one as can spin a yarn like a common sailor. I'll tell you my tale and I'll tell it without lies or fabrication, no matter how fantastical the details. My name is Jacob Rudder. I went to sea as a young man, a carpenter's mate on board the Vandermeer. She was a merchant ship bound for Batavia in the Dutch East Indies. They called it honest work, but it wasn't honesty that gave the VOC its strength. It was the discipline meted out of the men in charge. One month into the voyage, I was reprimanded for insubordination. Three months in, I was flogged.
4: Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen.
1: Cut him down.
4: Get up, get up. You'll get salt in your wounds if you just lay there, lad.
0: Willem Tiedemann held out a calloused hand and lifted Jacob Rudder to his feet. Rudder swayed against his sturdy companion back stinging like fire. Everyone had gathered on deck to watch his flogging. For the crew, it was compulsory. For the passengers, it was a way to pass the time. Captain Peter Van Essen observed from the quarterdeck, tall and broad-shouldered, with a tricorn hat shading his battle-scarred face from the sun.
1: Mr. Tiedemann, return to the helm. The master-at-arms will escort Mr. Rudder below deck's He'll remain in irons until his next watch. Aye, Captain.
0: Tiedemann departed, leaving Rudder to stand on his own. Rudder stared forward defiantly, glaring at a man by Van Essen's shoulder. His target was Chief Merchant John Ackerman, a gentleman in a velvet coat with a gold chain around his neck. Rudder would have spat at Ackerman if the Master at Arms hadn't grabbed him first. Rudder was forced step by step into the belly of the ship, past the cannon batteries and crew hammocks, down to an iron cell below the forecastle. It reeked of rats and excrement. This crude brig would be Jacob's quarters until nightfall.
5: <laughs> What'd they get you for?
0: Rudder jumped at the voice. It came from an adjacent cell. Its occupant wore a sailor's rags, face invisible behind a curtain of stringy, colorless hair. After three months at sea, Rudder had almost forgotten the ship's prisoner, Joanna Block, a woman who'd been sentenced to hard labor in Batavia. How a woman earned such a sentence was a mystery to him.
5: Hey, you! I asked you a question. What- what are you, some kind of (sighs) halfwit?
0: Insubordination.
2: Ackerman shoved me while I was rearranging the cargo. I returned the favor. Got fifteen lashes for it. Worth it, though. Rich men need reminding that they bleed just like the rest of us.
5: (laughs) You remind me of my husband. He was also a romantic.
2: What happened to him?
5: What happens to every man with ideals? Betrayed by a man he loved. He paid the price for integrity, (sighs) alright. Pretty penny, too. Far more than we ever stole. You'll experience the same thing, I reckon.
2: I'm no common criminal.
5: Neither am I. I'm an exceptional criminal.
2: (laughs) (coughs) (sighs) Are you going to keep up that racket? And hope to get some rest?
5: Your concern is touching. (laughs) My illness is nothing next to the black mark this ship bears. Mark my words, she won't reach Batavia.
2: You're trying to scare me. You think I'm like the rest of the crew, panicking over bad omens and cursed ships.
5: Oh, so you're new. (laughs) More is the pity. You haven't learned how to spot a doomed vessel. She carries a foul air about her. Even an experienced sailor like Van Essen can't outrun the curse this ship carries. Especially with hands tied by the company purse strings. When you go to the weather deck tonight, look out on the horizon. I reckon you'll see the flying Dutchman before sunup.
2: If this ship goes down, it will take you with it.
5: (laughs) I'm quite certain it will. My journey ends in hell one way or another. Doesn't matter if they call it Batavia or Davy Jones Locker.
2: The Flying Dutchman wasn't a new name to me. I'd heard its curse invoked by sailors long before my own seafaring career had begun. But something about the way the woman said it made my stomach turn. She spoke the name not with fear, but with certainty, as if daring me to tell her otherwise. I was relieved when the master-at-arms came to fetch me for my watch at Eight Bells. The deck was so quiet that night. With only sparse lights of lanterns to see by, I patrolled the gunwale, looking for flaws in the woodwork. The master carpenter told me she was a sturdy ship, sturdy as they come. So why did she seem so fragile after my conversation with Joanna Block?
4: How's your back?
0: The question came just as Rudder reached the quarterdeck. The helmsman, Willem Tiedemann, had been standing so still he seemed like part of the ship.
2: Feels much better, thank you. Liar. Hurts like the
4: blazes, doesn't it? If you got a single hour of sleep, you're a tougher man than I.
2: Fits and starts. Harder with that block woman whispering in my ear all afternoon. She said the ship was doomed. Ah,
4: don't pay her no mind. She's a mad woman, Jacob. She and her husband spent the better part of a decade robbing VOC merchants. Should have set the both of them up for life, but no. They turn up in Amsterdam, right under the company's nose. Husband is caught pinching a merchant's purse. She could have abandoned him and saved herself. Instead, she paid a visit to his cell, opened his throat before he could even stand trial.
0: The two sailors turned back to their work at the sounds of boots on the quarterdeck. It was the captain. Trailing after him was a slender figure in an officer's uniform, a midshipman, Isaac Locke.
1: Captain! As you were, Mr. Tiedemann. Blowing fresh tonight, isn't it? Aye, sir. Wind's been with us since the Canaries. Mm, Very good. Maintain course, south-southeast. Mr.
2: Locke, the watch is yours.
6: Sir! You there, sailor! What are you doing loitering on the quarterdeck?
2: Checking the wood for warping, sir. Master Carpenter's instruction.
6: Looks to me like you're having a leisurely stroll. Do you think you can get away with laziness just because you've already been punished once today?
2: No,
0: sir. Rudder desperately wanted to cuff the midshipman round the ears. Locke couldn't have been more than 18, but he threw his weight around like a small tyrant.
6: I'm watching you, Rudder. Men like you are a poison to discipline on board.
0: Rudder clenched his fists and slunk off the quarterdeck without another word. Even at night, the deck was far from empty. Sailors moved about silently, working like the separate muscles of a greater being. A lithe shadow dropped from the foremast to the deck, almost on top of Rudder. It was one of the Indian sailors on board, a man named Farham Singh.
3: Watch yourself, Dutchman, there are many dangers in the dark. Say, you're that man who got whipped earlier today, aren't you? Do you want something? I like to know what sort of men I sail with. When I first saw you, I didn't know if you'd last a week. Said I to myself, that there is a rat from the gutter. You wouldn't speak so freely if there were an officer within earshot. My friend. You seem to have mistaken what I said as an insult. I envy you. After all, rats so often survive sinking ships.
0: Before Rudder could retort, the Lasker vanished back into the rigging. The wounds on Rudder's back prickled as if in warning. That was the second cryptic conversation he'd had today. He peered over the larboard gunwale, the master carpenter would probably have him fix some of the paint tomorrow morning, Rudder leaned back with a sigh. But when his eyes found the horizon, all thoughts of carpentry vanished.
2: I still remember the shape of those horrible sails. Pale gray against the inky sky. Her guns like scores of black eyes. It was a ship under full canvas so distant that I could blot her out of my vision with my little finger. She was floating above the horizon line almost like a cloud. I heard her bells ringing, clear as crystal. I may have been a novice sailor, but I knew the Dutchman when I saw her.
0: Rudder turned to see sailors and Marines swarming the deck. For a moment, he thought they were reacting to the spectral ship on the horizon, only they didn't go for their spy glasses. They were looking upwards into the rigging. There was a man hanging over them. His arms were spread wide. Both wrists lashed to the yard arm, allowing him to dangle freely against the rippling sails. Farham Singh climbed up to hold a lantern to the man's face.
3: Lasker, what do you see? It's John Ackerman, sir. He's dead.
0: Heart pounding, Rudder cast one glance back towards the horizon. The flying Dutchman was gone. Coming up, fear seizes the merchant vessel. Now, back to the story. Captain Peter Van Essen crouched over his desk. Before him was a field of papers, navigational charts, correspondence, the ship's logs, the manifest, all of which were relevant to the problem at hand. What happened to the chief merchant was no accident, nor was it a suicide— Ackerman's bloated face and bruised neck implied that he'd been strangled with the gold chain that he wore around his neck. There were 242 souls on board, and one of them was a murderer. The door to the great cabin creaked open, and a young man stepped through Isaac Locke, the midshipman who'd been on deck when the body was found.
6: You sent for me, Captain?
0: Van Essen looked the midshipman up and down. A sturdy lad in his late teens, the baby fat of a rich upbringing was only just beginning to melt off his cheeks.
1: I have some questions for you, son, if you feel quite ready. I certainly am, sir. Anything I can do to help catch this scum. Ah, very well, then. Who was with you on deck that night? Did you notice any unusual behavior among them?
6: Hmm, not that I recall. The coxswain was on the quarterdeck that entire time. Uh, there were one or two Indian Laskers. And that man, the one who was whipped yesterday, surely he bore a grudge against Mr. Ackerman.
1: Huh, most likely, but it'd be a rare fool who'd commit a murder mere hours after being punished for insubordination. I've had the bosun begin searching for contraband among the sailors. Ackerman's valuables are missing, including the chain that was used to strangle him. If we find those, we'll find his killer. If
6: I may be so bold, sir, perhaps we should be looking for more than just a common thief.
1: Son, if you're about to suggest that one of my officers did this…
6: No, sir! I only mean… well, we do
1: have a known murderer aboard… Joanna? (laughs) She's a clever woman, but I doubt she could have slipped her guard, strangled Mr. Ackerman, and returned to the brig without being noticed. She could have had help. From one of the crew, perhaps. You
6: know these men better than I, but I've heard stories of what sailors are capable of, especially when deprived of female
0: company... Ackerman's death couldn't have been further from the minds of the common sailors. In the forecastle crew quarters, all that mattered was grog and song.
4: I asked this maid to take a walk, Mark, well, what I do say? I asked this maid out for a walk, then we might have some private talk. I'll go no more a-roving with you, fair maid.
3: A-roving, a-roving, since roving's been my, my ruin, I'll, I'll go no more a-roving with you, fair maid. Then a great big Dutchman around my bow, Mark, well, what I do say? For a great big Dutchman rammed my bow and said, Young man, this is mine, Frau. I'll go no more a roving with you, fair maid. A roving, a roving, since roving has been my ruin. I'll go no more a roving with you, fair maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you knew this song, Lascar. What you don't know about
3: me could fill a library. Cheers!
0: The Lasker raised his cup to the rest of the crew before vanishing back into the murky depths of the hull. Tiedemann came to a seat beside Rudder, a cup of grog in each hand.
2: What do you think about this one, mate? The Lasker? Never met an Indian sailor before. Hmm. Doesn't seem too different from you or I. Bless you, Rudder.
4: Still so naive after three months. Listen here. There are 70 Laskers on board this ship. Fewer than the rest of us, for sure. But they're more united than we'll ever be. And that one, Singh. I've felt him watching me. Ever since we set sail. Sounds like you're jumping at shadows. <laughs> you're one to talk. You look terrible. Haven't slept much. Fair enough. Killing a man certainly takes the wind out of you. That isn't funny.
2: Calm down, mate. We all know it was that witch below who did it. I... That doesn't make sense. She was locked in irons when I last saw her. Some
4: people need stronger restraints. She's a Jonah if ever I saw one. A Jonah? From the Bible, lad. Book of Jonah. He tried to escape God by sea, dooming the ship that transported him. Anyone who bears his curse infects a vessel. It's a wonder any seasoned sailor signed onto this voyage, knowing she was aboard. Mr. Tiedemann... We aren't on duty now, Jacob. Call me Willem.
2: Willem, I... I, Can you tell me about the Flying Dutchman? What do you want to know? Not sure. I've heard her mentioned in passing, and last night... I, I thought I saw something... I don't want to cause panic, I just want to know what it means. Are you telling me you saw the Dutchman? I don't know what I saw. It seemed to be another ship floating some sixty miles off our larboard bow. She didn't seem to be touching the waves.
4: That's her, alright. Her story is a dreadful one. They say she were a man of war. One of two vessels sailing south from Amsterdam, Brouwer Route, round the continent of Africa. Same as us, actually. At the Cape of Good Hope, they lost her in a storm. Her consort arrived at Cape Colony, refitted, and made her way home to Europe. On the return journey, they were assailed by a violent tempest in the same latitude. In the night watch, some sailors saw, or imagined they saw, a vessel standing for them under full sail, as though she would run them down. One affirmed it was the ship that had floundered in the former gale, and that it must certainly be her, or the apparition of her. But when the storm cleared, the ship went with it, diminishing into a thick, dark cloud in their wake. Ever since, it is said that doomed ships will see her, bearing down with everything set, all her lower gun ports up and the light fore and aft, as if cleared for action. And it's only doomed ships that see her? Well, it's not a good omen in any case. It's said that there was a terrible crime committed on board. Some act of piracy or murder. Whatever it was, it condemned her whole crew to remain at sea until Judgment Day. That sounds… awful. For some, perhaps. But I've known sailors who would take it as a blessing. To sail forever, unbeholden to the whims of man. You'd have to love the sea more than your immortal soul.
0: Rudder resumed his work at six bells. It had been a full day since John Ackerman was found dead. The captain had yet to take anyone into custody. The master carpenter was indifferent to Rudder's worries, ordering him to touch up her gun ports. As a merchant vessel, the Vandermeer had to forsake a good deal of armament to make room for cargo, so she had false guns painted on her hull to make her look more fearsome to pirates.
2: The afternoon was gloomy, but no ships on the horizon, Dutchmen or otherwise. I started to doubt my own account of that dreadful night. Had it been really been a spectral ship and not some trick of the light?
0: With the help of Singh and some of the Laskers, Rudder lowered a scaffold off the side of the ship to begin his work.
2: Everything set, Dutchman? Uh, Perfect, thank you. Long as the murderer doesn't cut the rope, I'll be fine. Careful what you say. You'll bring a curse on yourself. I have no use for superstition.
3: Everyone at sea has use for superstition a few may use it for evil most use it as a way to stay sane The sea makes monsters out of men the merchants murder is far from the worst thing. I've seen happen on the East India men Only such fates are usually reserved for foreigners and weaker crew to kill a company man foolish whoever killed the merchant They have no intention of ever seeing land again.
2: As I swept my paintbrush back and forth, I thought about what Singh had said. Who on board would risk such an act? Joanna Block hated her captors, but her escape wasn't possible. Mr. Locke might have done it, the boy who behaved like a petty tyrant. I found it hard, however, to believe that he had the strength to strangle a grown man. Singh himself had been in the rigging that night. I just couldn't think of a motive for him. If he had any ambition to mutiny, 70 Laskers couldn't take the Vandermeer without control of the ship's armory. The only other person I'd seen on board that night was... the captain. As strange as it may sound, the idea intrigued me. Peter Van Essen was a hard man, one who had dealt his share of violence in battle. He even had reason to resent the merchant. I remembered what Joanna Block had said that money captains this ship. Perhaps the prospect of working for rich men like Ackerman led to friction between the captain and the chief merchant.
0: Rudder adjusted his weight on the scaffold, dipping his paintbrush for another coat. When he raised it again, he saw that something was wrong with the image he'd been painting. It was running. A stripe of dark red coursed like a river across the gunport. Rudder looked up. The line of red continued up to the edge of the ship, where a man slumped over the railing, a man in an officer's uniform. A moment later, the whole ship lurched, making Rudder's scaffold swing. As he clung desperately to the rope, the figure plummeted past him and into the water. Man overboard! Rudder hoisted his scaffold as fast as possible. He clambered over the side of the ship and immediately came face to face with Captain Van Essen. Man fell into
2: the water. Two points aft of stern, he seemed injured. And he hasn't resurfaced? Perhaps
1: he was weighted down. I'll have the sailing master start going through the manifest. We need to see who's missing.
0: There was no merriment in the forecastle that night. Rudder lay in his hammock, bone-tired but unable to sleep. His eyes finally started to drift shut, then shot back open when he felt a hand clamp over his mouth. Shh!
3: Quiet now! I promise to lift my hand if you promise not to scream.
2: Mm. What are you doing?
3: You're in danger, Rudder. I overheard the Sailing Master talking with the bosun. The man who went overboard was Mr. Locke. Someone told the captain that you quarreled with him the night Ockerman died. You're going to be thrown in the irons.
2: I can't run. They'll think I'm guilty for sure.
3: You do what you like, but even at sea, a man can make himself scarce. Why are you helping me? Perhaps I like to watch a white man run. Perhaps it amuses me. Maybe I had a friend when I first went to sea, One who believed in utter obedience to the company. A man accused of murder, strapped to his supposed victim and thrown overboard. Lasker see the company for what it is. Don't fall for their promises of justice. Thank you. If you tell them I helped you, I'll throw you overboard myself.
0: And with that, the Lasker vanished into the darkness. Rudder was up in an instant, pulling on his cap and wrapping a cloth over his face. He didn't know where he'd go or how he could hope to find the true killer now. It wasn't the ship that was damned. It was him. Coming up, the curse of the Flying Dutchman claims the Vandermeer. Now, back to the story.
2: The deck of the Vandermeer was swarming with crewmen, looking for me. A man they thought guilty of two murders. I had no evidence on my side, nothing but my own certainty that I was innocent. Evading them carried me deeper and deeper into the ship, until ironically, I found myself in the brig. There were no guards around Joanna Block, not when they were looking for me above decks. Perhaps this woman, a thief and an unrepentant killer herself, could help me find the answers I sought.
5: What a pleasant surprise! I've had so many visitors lately, and the captain wanted to know if I had bewitched the ship.
2: (laughs) How did you know I would see the Flying Dutchman?
5: You what? Oh, that is interesting. (laughs) This is better than I could have possibly imagined.
2: It was you. Tell me how you did it. Please, my life is at stake. Ah,
5: your life has been at stake since we left port. Just not in the way you think.
0: Joanna lifted one of her hands. The tips of her fingers were black. Rudder fell backwards in horror. (laughs)
5: Something I picked up in Amsterdam. A little gift for Captain Van Essen. The idea came to me when I heard an old seafaring story in prison. You see, the Flying Dutchman wasn't just a ship that held a murderer or a thief. It carried plague as well. Even before she came to Cape, she'd been rejected by every seaport on the way. She was doomed before the storm sank her. (laughs) The thought of Van Essen trapped aboard his ship the same way forever? (laughs) That was the only thing that kept me alive. So no, I'm not the murderer you seek. I'm another curse entirely.
0: Rudder scrambled towards the stairs, desperate to be away from this diseased woman. He was so panicked that he ran right into a row of sailors.
1: Rudder. I knew we'd find you here.
0: There was only one punishment for murder aboard an East Indiamen. Captain Van Essen and the whole crew watched as Rudder was tied to the body of John Ackerman. The smell of rotten flesh filled his nostrils. The ropes dug into his wrists and his freshly healed back stung from sea spray. Joanna Block had also been brought up, only she didn't despair at her fate. She tilted her head back, euphoric at the fresh air.
1: Gentlemen, we have our murderers. A woman who could not forsake her life of crime and thus induced a member of this crew to do her slaying for her. Today, we send them both to the deep. If any man objects, speak now.
5: You're clutching at straws, Peter. If I could command a sailor to kill, I would have gone for you first. In fact, why don't you tell them how we know each other? Be silent. This man was my husband's informant when we were alive. Thick as thieves they were. My life of crime owes everything to the great Captain Peter Van Essen. Slander and lies.
1: If you utter one more word,
5: or what? I'll say what I like. I'll even sing it if I want to. In Amsterdam, there lived a maid. Mark well what would I do say. In Amsterdam, there lived a maid, and she was mistress of her trade. I'll go no more a roving with you.
0: Captain Van Essen drew a pistol from his belt and discharged it into Joanna Block's mouth. The woman fell heavily to the deck. But she did not lie still. She writhed, blood pooling in her hands. The lead ball had passed through both her cheeks. Luck had saved her from an instantaneous death. Whether it was good luck or bad, Rudder could not say.
1: winds blowing strong behind us there's a storm coming top to the rigging now boost the gallants give us some movement
0: captain van essen did not have time to reload his pistol joanna could bleed to death or wash overboard for all he cared he had a ship to save
2: it sounds like madness now but the squall came in an instant faster than I thought possible. It was as if the Cape of Storms had risen up to meet us on our course.
0: Rudder fought against his bonds as blood and rainwater washed over him. He could feel the strength of the surging waves beneath them. The deck rose and fell ponderously, every man and piece of cargo straining against their ropes. Rudder could feel his wrists become raw. He didn't stop. He was a dead man if he didn't free himself from the merchant's body. The rainwater finally did its work, and the knots around his wrists loosened just a little, enough for him to wriggle one bleeding hand free, then another. Rudder caught Singh's arm as the Lasker ran past.
2: Many places to hide on a ship? You were trying to get me
3: captured! You would have done the same in my place. If not you, they would have found a way to blame the foreign sailors next. I couldn't have that happen. Curse the lot of you! You have nowhere to run, Rudder. If you want freedom, I suggest you swim.
0: Singh pushed Rudder aside and ran towards the quarterdeck, It was then that Rudder saw the aft boom swing wildly with the wind. The ship swayed and rolled. The oncoming waves threatened to tip her over. Tiedemann had let go of the helm. Forgetting his status as a prisoner, Rudder dashed across the deck, slipping on the wet boards. He grabbed the rail and pulled himself up onto the quarter deck he could barely believe what he saw. Captain Van Essen had grabbed a hold of the helm and was struggling to turn it against the tide. Willem Tiedemann ignored him, peering out across the waves.
1: Get back to your station, coxswain! Now! Do you see her, sir? Two points aft
4: bearing down with all her might. She's a beauty!
0: A shadow took shape from the fog on their stern and gaining. Board by board, the flying Dutchman materialized before them. A strange red glow painted her bow against the blue-gray haze of the storm. Beat to quarters!
4: (laughs) There's no fighting her, Captain! Come,
1: Dutchman! Come and take your prize! Get a hold of yourself, Mr. Tiedemann! Now's no time for hysterics!
0: But there was no reaching Tiedemann now. He held his arms out to the sea in supplication. That was when Rudder saw something glittering in his hands. John Ackerman's necklace. It didn't make sense. Why did Tiedemann have the merchant's necklace? Why was he holding it into the storm like that? Singh seized the coxswain around the waist, trying to pull him back to the helm. Tiedemann threw him off, drawing a dagger from his boot.
4: Ah, Stay back, Lasker, or I'll send you to Davy Jones myself!
2: I clung to the mizzen, unable to do anything but behold the strange tableau on the quarterdeck. Captain Van Essen holding fast to the helm, wind and rain tearing at his uniform. Beside him, two sailors wrestling over a dagger. And above them all, the man-of-war looming even closer, her horrible bells sounding even through the sheets of rain and thunder. This image lasted for a few brief seconds, but it will remain imprinted in my mind forever. The Dutchman gave us her broadside. As the infernal cannons blazed, our hull split down the middle with a sound like thunder. I couldn't tell whether it was the Dutchman's cannons or the storm that sank the Vandermeer. Perhaps they were one and the same.
0: The waves were eager to claim the broken hull. Main, Mizzen, and Foremast crumpled in on each other like twigs, Rudder was lucky he had no lifeline around his waist, or he would have been dragged to the very bottom with all the rest. He scrambled against the waves, hands finding a plank of wood trailing a few ropes. Was it the scaffold he'd been sitting on mere days ago, painting the side of the ship, or just some piece of timber? He didn't have time to think, for the Dutchman was upon him, It rose in front of him in the fog, a gloomy mass greater than any sea beast he'd ever seen. Unable to steer, he squeezed his eyes shut, waiting for the impact. The moment never came. He opened his eyes to see the Flying Dutchman's dark underbelly overhead, blotting out the sky, The barnacles fastened to her keel were bleached white, staring at him like eye sockets. It passed over him inch by agonizing inch, so close to the water that if Rudder had stood upon this plank, he might have been able to touch it. He stared at the ship until its airborne Rudder vanished into the cloud bank. Then, there was nothing to do but hold on and pray that the sea was merciful.
2: By the grace of God, I survived. I washed ashore on the coast, not far south of Cape Colony. I was not alone.
0: a few fragments of the Vandermeer made it to shore. Rudder saw the pieces of a hull he painted, boards he'd trod a hundred times, and a man crushed beneath a mast, broken and coughing blood. Tiedemann!
4: (coughs) Rutter,
2: Seems like you're just as cursed as I. What were you doing, Tiedemann? Why did you abandon the helm? You doomed us all! (coughs) I... I wanted to save us. I
4: heard at ports that the Vandermeer was taking a prisoner to Batavia. A woman, a Jonah. I knew nothing of a history with Van Essen. I only knew her presence marked the Vandermeer for doom, making it (laughs) perfect for my plan to sail the same route the Dutchman had under near-identical conditions.
2: You're a madman.
4: No, I'm a sailor. I'm not a money man like Ackerman or a warrior like Van Essen. Men like them corrupt the sea. The only pure sailors left are ones who love the sea more than all the riches of... of... of the world. Those who don't sail for kings or men with fat purses. But because it's what they are, we could have been free, free to sail the seas forever. All that required was the perfect ship and a few sacrifices."
2: I did not know what to say to him. Even in light of his confession, I could not forget the man who had shown me kindness on board. I sat beside him as he took his final breaths watching the tide. When my companion breathed no more, I stood and began walking inland. Perhaps Tiedemann's curse worked in the end, and the Vandermeer now sails beside the Dutchman upon a spectral tide. I have no interest in ever finding out. I'll stay on land for the rest of my life. While my nightmares are at sea.
0: In 1641, Captain Hendrik Vanderdecken sailed a man-of-war into a storm on the Cape of Good Hope. His crew panicked, certain that they were all doomed. They led a mutiny, attempting to wrest control of their ship from the madman. The mutiny failed. Vanderdecken, killing its leader and throwing him overboard, he proclaimed that he would finish his voyage if it took until doomsday. Shortly thereafter, an angel appeared and made his wish come true. This is the most popular version of the Flying Dutchman story. However, there's no historical evidence that it ever took place. Some speculate that the fictional Hendrik van der was based on Bernard Fauke, a Dutch captain who made the voyage from the Netherlands to Java with almost supernatural speed. History is littered with sailors and seafarers who spotted the Flying Dutchman off the South African coast. There are accounts as recent as 1939, when a British newspaper reported a sighting of the ship from Cape Town beachgoers. So what are we to make of this ghost ship? Some have suggested that the Flying Dutchman is merely a Fata Morgana, a sort of mirage that appears under certain weather conditions. This effect causes ships on the horizon to appear as if they float above the water rather than sailing through it. It's a compelling theory, impossible to prove. Some mysteries will never be solved, just as some ships never come home to port.
1: Yon shadowy bark have been to that wreck. And the dim blue fire that lights her deck Doth play on as pale and livid a crew As ever yet drank the churchyard dew To dead man's isle in the eye of the blast To dead man's isle she speeds her fast By skeleton shapes her sails are furled And the hand that steers is not of this world O hurry thee on, oh, hurry thee on, thou terrible bark, ere the night be gone. Nor let morning look on so foul a sight, as would blanch forever her rosy light."
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This episode of Mythology was written by Robert Teamstra, edited by Molly Quinlan and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Adriana Gomez, and produced by Travis Clark. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Kai Jordan, Nazee Tarsha, Charlie West, Brian Green, Dinesh Alvis, and Zelda Diana Black. I'm Vanessa Richardson.